right, Sean, let's, let's go ahead and tie up our capes. I got that aerodynamics with our capes. What do you say about calls? That was a close call. Glad we figured it out, though. We're going to be talking about capes, cows, and close calls. Capes, cows, and close calls. That's the one we got. That's it. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Capes, Cows, and Close Calls. My name is Nick. With me always is my co-host, Sean, the Sad Man King. What's up, everybody? Sean, tell them why you're sad. It's a sad day in, in nerd history, man. It's, it's a sad day. Yeah, Stanley passed away. At 95, Stan the Manly has left the building. He's checked out. He's rolled himself off. That's it, man. Stan the Legend Lee is gone. Ugh. Dude, when I heard the news, it hurt my heart. I was definitely bummed out. Yeah. I, I mean, what's crazy is, so like you told me, right? You texted me and I was in the car and like I had maybe 15 more minutes to work. Within those 15 minutes, I heard it twice on the radio that yeah. Stan had passed away. It was like the news went out and then it went like, Boom. Yeah, and dude, it went real Everybody quick. was talking about it. I got a text. Um, somebody I, I work with text me and was like, dude, Stan Lee died. And I, my immediate reaction was like, stop. No, he didn't. <laughs> so I Google it. And I, I promise you, I just typed in Stan Lee. I didn't type in Stan Lee death. I didn't type in anything like that. I just typed in Stan Lee. First thing that popped up, Stan Lee dead at 95. And I'm just like, ugh. And then, yeah, just like you, like, I, then I just heard it everywhere. I was just like, right. oh, it just start popping up on everything. And I'm just like, geez, man, 95. I mean, that's a good run, though. Like, that's a full life right there. That's a full fucking life. And, I mean, we know he lost his wife last year. And, you know, they, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but I've heard it quite a bit. They, you know, they say when you're old, older like that and someone loses their spouse, usually, it's about a year. Yeah, they they don't they don't stick around for much longer either, which it's understandable. I mean, you know, it's the love of your life, and now it's like, oh well, now it's just time for me to follow suit, right? Um, so yeah, this this episode, I thought we we could just dedicate to Stan, man. We could just talk about him, and because he he has such a huge influence on just comic books in general not just marvel comic books but just comic books in general i mean you without him we we wouldn't have a lot of these characters we have today and without that we wouldn't have the mcu right and without the mcu and this big burst of like comic book movies and things like that arguably there wouldn't be a capes cows and close calls so it's very true you know i couldn't see us just talking about dc yeah no me either (laughs) I don't even think I would have been interested in starting a podcast about that. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's because of that and that I started getting into comic books and things like that. And anybody who knows comic books knows Stanley. So it's just, yeah, we, we've gotten his autograph once before. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, you know, surreal at that time. Like I can't, I feel like we should make it more of a story than just saying that. It's our, our first comic book convention it was. ever. It was first, uh, yeah, it go was ahead. C two E two, Chicago, we, uh, Chicago Entertainment and Comics Expo. There it is. So C two E two. Um, neither of us dressed up. We just had superhero shirts on. True. We didn't fully dedicate or fully go in. 
Um, but we went to a whole bunch of conventions and then, you know, we were debating it, right? We're like, should we meet Stan Lee? Yeah, should, should we, we go? Should we stand in this line? Should we pay the money? Neither of us even thought about bringing a comic book that gets signed. We did. So, so then we were going around. We're looking at all the tables trying to find a comic book that would be worth him signing. And we're like, yeah, let's do it. We both got comic books. We timed it out really well, right? I think we only waited for 45 minutes, but we were like, third or fourth in the line yeah we like, were we were real out there yeah just the way we timed it out was perfect everybody was like in line trying to get a photo with him um but over time he was switching was close and so he just left everybody in that line getting photos and came over to start signing yep man i dude i spent 90 dollars on a comic book just from the sign yeah like i have no one I, I didn't read it like i have no intentions it was um issue eight of secret wars where it's the first appearance of the black suit spider-man i remember that and knowing that spider-man is arguably stan lee's favorite character that he's ever created we both set out like we need spider-man comic yeah if he's gonna sign anything it's gonna be a spider-man comic book so we need to get spider-man comic books yeah dude mine was was the first with silver sable was it yeah nice um but like She's not big enough that that comic book is, like, crazy. Yeah, true. Like, um, yeah, he told me I was a very lucky young man. I don't know why. That was literally the extent of our conversation. He didn't say anything to me because I sat there frozen. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I was just like, you know what I was, is, just, so I was you just went, smiling as he signed my comic book. And you went first, and then somebody, like a worker, came and started talking to him while I came up. So then I was standing there kind of awkwardly just watching him and his coworker. And I think the coworker, or I shouldn't, I don't know what she was. I think she was just asking if he wanted water. I think that was the conversation. Uh, and I'm just standing there smiling like an idiot. Man. And then he turned to me, looked at the comic book up. He said, you're a very lucky young man and signed it and handed it back to me. Nice. Nice. Yeah, dude. I remember they drove him over in like a golf cart. Yeah. And he just came and sat at the table and got the sign in the way. No, it was, it was super cool, man. I, I really, really wanted to get another autograph from him at some point. But I want to say that year that we went, what was that, 2015, I think? I think, yeah. It was like either, I think he stopped going to conventions. I think 2016 was the last year. He was doing it or after that he started doing it very very scarcely yeah versus like before he was at like everyone every single one of them yeah it was i mean realistically there's a lot of like stan lee signed uh merchandise out there like it's not hard to find something with his signature on it but still it's like to know that you got it yourself is right like different versus just buying it off of someone who who you know got it you remember, I remember vividly in the line, the guy standing in front of us was a huge X-Men fan. Do you remember this? Yeah, he had a, he had a he whole had a like, graphic novel, like a yeah. couple of them. He was like super pumped to get them all signed. And I was sitting there like, I'm an X-Men fan, but like, I'm not like a diehard X-Men fan. True, this yeah. dude is like, he wasn't like into anything else. He was just straight up, just I just X-Men, like X-Men. Yeah. yeah, he bought like two books and got them signed. Yeah, it was 60 bucks for his autographs. So that was $120 he spent on just... An autograph. Yeah. Crazy. But hey, it was Stan the Man Lee. So, getting into it. So, first off, you know his his birth name was not Stan Lee? 
No, I did not know that. It was that. Stanley Lieber. <laughs> you know, it's actually on the computer screen right from him. I yep. didn't read Stanley it. Stanley Lieber was his... Stanley Martin Lieber. Correct. Uh, that was his birth name. And when he started writing, he shortened his last name to... He shortened it to Stan Lee. That was like his pen name, right? And then eventually he legally got it changed to that. But he was not born Stan Lee. He was not born Stan the Man Lee. He was born Stanley Martin Lieber. It's still a weird thing to do. He could have uh, left it Lieber. Well, yeah, he could have. I mean, a lot of writers, I mean, even actors now too, right? But a lot of writers do have what's called like a pen name, which is just like the name they use specifically for their writings. Like it might not be... Some some writers don't even use something close. Like that's at least close to his real name. Some right. writers don't even use like something close to their real name. They just use like, it's kind of like a made up name. Like they might use like... Um, I know a common one someone told me once before that they'll use their middle name and then like the street they grew up on or something like that. Or maybe I'm confusing that with something else, but I feel like I've heard that once before. <laughs> um, so something along sounds those like those lines. like security questions you have to like set up yeah, for <laughs> you to set up passwords. Um, so, yeah. So, th- yeah, that's not that uncommon. But so, I mean, we're not going to. We're going to give a little bit of background on Stan Lee. We don't have to go into like his history, like when he was born and everything. Well, he was born in 1922, which is crazy, (laughs) man. 95. That's a long time. 1922. Um, So, yeah, I mean, he started his career at Timely. I think it was called Timely Comics at the time, if I'm not mistaken, um, as an assistant. So, like, he'd go get coffee for the guys. He'd proofread some of the some of the comics they wrote things like that um but by the age of nine and this was right after he graduated high school so this was 1939 right after he graduated high school he started as an assistant and by the age of 19 so i think he was about 16 when that happened by the age of 19 he became an editor at timely comics um and like was writing so like some of the earlier work he did before he got into like the super like the superheroes that we know, he worked on a comic book called The Destroyer, um, one called um, like Father Time, Jack Frost, like those kind of weird comic yeah. books like that. Um, he had a hand in kind of writing some of those. And then later on, after he became editors, when he started doing more and doing other things than like what was already kind of in place. He also wrote in World War II, which I'm assuming most people don't know. Maybe they don't know. I don't know. I you didn't know that? Fun, yeah, I thought it was a fun fact. <laughs> Everybody yeah, knows like that. He took a break <laughs> from like being editor at Marvel, and he went and he joined the Army, and he, he didn't – I don't think he saw any combat because I'm pretty sure he just – according to like the research I did, he – stayed domestic like he never left the states but part of his job was he he was a writer so he wrote like ads for the military um just like comics because comics at the time were popular for the military too to keep them entertained and things like that so those kind of things um and then after that was when he went back to marvel and this was around like 1960 and he created the fantastic four in 1961 flamon yeah <laughs> uh yeah so another thing people assume that 
the Avengers were created as a direct competition for Justice League, right? Especially nowadays because we see the Avengers movie and we see the Justice League movie and you think, oh, they must have been created to kind of combat with each other. Because it's, no, it's, it's not really a secret that a lot of DC characters came well before Marvel characters that are similar, including like the teams. But that's not the case. The Avengers were not created to combat with the Justice League. It was actually. Can I, can I guess what it is? Go. I feel like, I don't know if I'm making this up. Wasn't it like characters that weren't super popular by themselves yet? And they were brought together and that built up their popularity? Right. So that's how the Avengers were created. But it, it had nothing to do with the Justice League at the time. Right. The team that he it was created, like, these characters are like yeah, not doing great. Like, what if we here, throw here them the characters together? that aren't doing too well. Let's just see if we could put them together and make something happen. The Fantastic Four was actually the team of uh, superheroes that was created to kind of combat with DC at the time. Because at the time, DC was doing much better than Marvel was. And yeah, Stan Lee was tasked with, hey, DC has this team of com- of superheroes that's it's it's killing right. We we need something to combat with this, and that's kind of like how the Fantastic Four came along. And Stan Lee tells the story of how, at the time, his wife really helped influence him to just go ahead and push the Fantastic Four through, because he he was at a point where he was considering quitting and leaving Marvel because his publisher was all just about like right action scenes, right action scenes. Don't worry too much about the dialogue. Don't worry too much about throwing big words in there. People don't have great vocabularies. They don't want to read a lot of dialogue. We just want to see action scenes. We want to see fight scenes. Like let's make it happen. And that's not what he wanted to do. He wanted to create like characters that had real personalities and real problems and, you know, people could relate to and, he went to his wife and told her, like, hey, I'm thinking about quitting. And he told the story last year right after she passed. Or, no, he didn't tell it last year. The I remember seeing the video last year after she passed. Um, he told the story of how, you know, he went to her and was like, hey, I'm thinking about quitting because it just it doesn't look like this is going to go the way I want it to go. And she's like, well, I mean, why don't you just go ahead and write one book the way you want it to be written and put that out and if they fire you then I mean you're gonna quit anyway so what harm could it do so I think a combination of those two things there's some gray area there but that kind of what brought about the Fantastic Four the Marvel's first family (laughs) love it it's Um, a damn shame they can't nail down a Fantastic Four movie I know man (laughs) what's funny is that so we went back and we read some of Stan Lee's like earlier comic books, like some of these first issues. Right. And so I, I read the first issue of the Fantastic Four from 1961. And my God, is it awful. <laughs> I'm sure at the time it was probably great. But r- like going back and reading it now, holy shit, was it bad. Like they- <laughs> there's one point he just said it's about just, how it was at the time it was like the most popular issue that they had yeah, i know it sold better than any other issue it's, cra- come up it's crazy i i guess again at the time it was just what it was but yeah it's so cheesy it's just so bad i feel like that was the thing with comic books yeah back then though. they were supposed that. to be cheesy yeah but the other thing is like you know he says like he wanted them to have more personality which i guess they kind of did 
and their personalities still kind of carry on because like Mr. Fantastic in that first issue was a, just a dick. Um, <laughs> the thing was just angry, right? Sue Storm was just, I don't know, fucking Sue Storm. <laughs> and then Johnny Storm was like this like arrogant, like hothead, right? So they kind of carried on <laughs> at one point. Johnny Storm is in a car. They're, him and his him and his buddy are fixing up a car, and he's sitting in the car, and he's like, "Man, Johnny, is there anything you love more than hot rods?" And he's like, "No, I pretty much that's that's the most thing I love." He's like, "Well, there's one more thing that I love more than hot rods." And then you see the he sees the Fantastic Four symbol in the sky, and he like flames on. He doesn't say flame on though; he just <laughs> does it. And he's like, "Remember, I was telling you there's something I love more than cars. Here it is." He like flames on and his friend's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I love it because whenever someone, they kept putting gasp in like the, the thought bubble, like yeah. asterisks or whatever, like the person gasps, like gasp. <laughs> so it's like, what, what's going gasp? And then it's like, you're like a human torch. <laughs> oh I'm like, this is so bad. And then they just fucking, so, like I said, Mr. Fantastic was just a douchebag. So they fucking go and steal a rocket ship. And Ben Grimm is like, because, you know, he's the pilot. That's what that's what led him in to right. the rocket in the first place. And he's like, yeah, I'm not, yeah, read, no, I'm not fucking flying that thing. Like, there's <laughs> cosmic rays in the sky. Like, I'm not flying the machine up to there. And then Sue Storm basically, like, baits him and, like, She's like, oh, why are you being such a coward? He's like, I'm not a coward. And he like smashes a desk with his bare hands. He's like, I'm not a coward. And then he's like, I'll fly that ship no matter what. I don't care what it takes. And then it's like, okay. That took all of, <laughs> you know, one panel for, for somebody to change their mind. And then they get to the, the, um, the space station and fucking, they like steal the rocket ship. And it's like. Hey, they're not heroes yet. I know. And they were, it's so funny because they kept talking about how there's cosmic rays in the sky and they probably shouldn't be doing this. And Ben Grimm says that like twice and Reed's like, no, 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 no. It'll be cool. Don't worry about it. And then they get in the ship and they're taken off and then they get into the cosmic rays and they're like, oh man, this shield is too weak. And Reed's like, oh, maybe Ben, Ben, no, nah, Ben was right. This we weren't ready to do this. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And then the best part is when they're like, they all get their powers. And, um, you know, Ben Grimm turns into the thing. And Sue Storm literally says, like, you're turning some kind of thing. And then they're like, Reed's like, we all got these powers. We got to do something about it. Do something with them. And he's like, um, from this day forward, we got to, like, you know, devote ourselves to doing good and yada, yada. And Sue Storm's like, I'm in as the invisible girl. And um, Johnny Storm's like, I'll be the human torch. And then they're like, Ben, are you in? And he's like, yeah, I'm in. I'll call myself what, what Susie said, the thing. And then Mr. Fantastic just comes in and he's like, and I'll be Mr. Fantastic. And it's like, really, dude? <laughs> What a douchebag. <laughs> like, just to really fucking send it home. Golly, he was the worst, man. But there is a fucking panel where there's a nuclear missile coming at the Human Torch, 
and you just see Mr. Fantastic reach up and just stretch his hands out and grab it and just sling it. And I'm like, there's no way he grabbed the nuclear rocket out of the sky. Hey, hey, hey. Oh He's fantastic. Gosh. Yeah, I, yeah. apparently. Thinks a lot of himself. But anyway. Yeah, so comic book from 1961. That's what started it off, folks. That Couldn't was it. recommend it, but man. That was it right it, there. It paved the fucking way. Yes, it did. <laughs> yes, it did. All right, so after the Fantastic Four, right? Um, yeah, so like I said, Stan Lee's big thing is he just... He wanted to tell stories that that had real world people, real problems. His idea of a of a of a hero is not someone who's perfect. And at the time that's what the, the world was kind of used to seeing with like Superman and Captain Marvel, like the original Captain Marvel, not Captain Marvel or the female Captain Marvel that we're getting, the original Captain Marvel that was created by um some third comic book company at the time, which I can't, the name yeah, is I'm blanking on, blanking right, on now me right now, but it wasn't DC. It wasn't Marvel. It was something else. Um, but yeah, at, at the time, at, at this point, we were kind of used to seeing these heroes that were like almost like perfect. You know what I mean? Like perfect people, perfect humans. And Stanley was just, he, he just didn't want to keep doing that. He didn't want to keep creating that same formula. He wanted to do something different. He wanted to create real people with real personalities who just happen to have superpowers and have the option to do the right thing. And, you know, some choose to do the right thing, some don't. And it's just that's what he wanted, which kind of then leads to and he had a hand in co-creating a ton, a ton of characters, a ton of Marvel characters. And you got a list right there. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean. I think we're we're gonna spend some time talking about Spider Man, but obviously Spider Man, uh, Hulk, Doctor Strange, Fantastic Four. We already mentioned Daredevil, Black Panther, X Men, uh, with his brother and his co-writer. Um, he did Ant Man, he did Iron Man, he did Thor. I mean, the list can go on and on, but those are those are a lot of the big ones. Yeah, and you know, like you said, arguably. The biggest one. Well, it's not arguably. Spider-Man is, in fact, one of the most popular comic book characters in the world. And arguably Stan Lee's favorite creation out of all the characters he he created. Um, Spider-Man was really kind of like like his baby. Because Spider-Man was never meant to be like a comic book. When he took it, when he came up with the idea, and he, he again, you can find the story all online. He says it in like every interview. But he 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 claims that, you know, he was trying to come up with something different. He had just created the fast the Fantastic Four. He had created the Hulk, so he already had, you know, the hero with super strength. He already had the hero that could fly. He had the hero that could, you know, stretch their body. The hero that could become invisible. He had kind of all those major superpowers like nailed down. So he wanted to do something different. He's like, what could be different? And he said that he saw a fly crawling on the wall and he thought, huh, that'd be pretty cool if I created a superhero who could like clean the walls and fl- and claw them walls and things like that. So he started trying to come up with names and he, he went through Mosquito Man. Could you imagine if it was Mosquito Man? <laughs> do you think people would see a movie called Mosquito Man? No, I don't. First of all, it's too fucking long. Everybody hates name. mosquitoes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so he came up with the mosquito man. He's like, nah, that doesn't work. Insect man, mm, maybe not, right? And then he came up with Spider Man, and he landed on that name, and he he took it to his publisher, and he was like, hey man, I, I really want to create this character. I want him to, you know, have real world problems. I want him to, you know, do this, that, and the other. And he and the other thing was, he's like, I want him to be a teenager. And his publisher was just like, yeah, no, that's the, the dumbest idea you ever come to us with. Number one, people hate spiders. Why would we name, like, how would we have a book called Spider-Man? Like, no one would want to read it because people hate spiders. Second thing is, you want to be a teenager. Teenagers aren't superheroes. They're sidekicks. They're not heroes. Like, you're not going to make a teenage superhero. It's just not going to happen. Um, so, yeah, he didn't, he didn't want to do it. And he was working on another book. He also, at the time. I was like, so I read the first issue of Spider Man, mm-hmm. and I I didn't get like I got like a collection of them. In the beginning, Stanley like wrote a couple of notes about like the creation of Spider Man. So he talks about all those things you just mentioned. Yeah. mentioned. But he, he goes, what on. is it? So Spider Spider Man was originally called or uh, Amazing, Amazing Fantasy. Fantasy, yes. Yeah. Okay. So Amazing Fantasy number 38 was the first appearance of Spider-Man. Fantastic. And essentially just his origin story. But he talks about how he created this character and how he wanted like an everyday person. And up to that point, you know, comic book characters were like, you know, men that were built and charming and successful. And he wanted somebody that was a kid that had issues that wasn't like a jock that was, you know, more nerdy and... um. And like you said, this publisher just like shot all those ideas down. Like that would never happen. Nobody's going to like a character that shoots webs out of their hands and all this other stuff. And he talks about the objections just kept coming and coming and coming. And the fact that he actually was successfully made Spider-Man um, in the beginning looked like it was never going to happen. And then they got it. And then how wrong his publicist was and everything. Yeah. Um, he, he said that he was working on another book at the time. And that, you know, it was a, it was coming to an end and it's like, well, when a book is about to end, you can kind of put in it whatever you want because it's ending where they're ending the title. So he said he featured Spider-Man in the end of another book. I don't remember what the comic book was. I don't think he mentioned it in that particular interview, but he featured Spider-Man in the end of this one book. And it turns out that that was the best selling book of the series. He said his publisher saw the numbers and he came back to him. He was like, hey, remember that great idea we had about um, <laughs> the Spider-Man character? Let's go ahead and make that shit happen. And yeah, so there came there came Spider-Man. Good old Spidey. So I read it because uh, I wanted to compare it to, I read it years and years and years ago. Um, and I didn't remember that well, but you know, you kind of everybody kind of knows the origin story, and I wanted to see it like the original, the first origin story. And uh, I mean, just like Fantastic Four, you're talking about super cheesy. Yeah. But I mean, it starts off, and it's got like a narrator kind of thing going on with it. So it's talking about how Peter Parker, uh, um, is not popular with the girls and he's always been like really book smart, but not jockey at all. And then like you see him and it's like a group of kids talking about the dance coming up and like, Hey, should we invite Peter to come? And then one guy's like, Peter can't dance. And then like everybody laughs at him. Mm. And then he goes and, uh, 
he asks out a girl and uh, this girl's like for the hundredth time like i'm just not into you you're not like flash over here and then she goes and puts her arms around flash which Jeez. is probably flash thompson and he's going through it and then so like the narrator comes back up and talks about but uh his aunt may and uncle ben think he's great and then it's like uncle ben waking him up and like shaking his head like hey sport kind of thing and then <laughs> aunt may's like i made you wheat cakes your favorite and like he's there eating wow. and uh he goes and he asks the girl out and he's like do you want to come to this science fair thing with me and she's like why would i want to do that and he goes by himself and it's so crazy because, like, so you see he goes to a science fair, which seems like it was at a school, and they're just shooting, I think, atomic rays is what they call it. And a sound spider safe. went through the atomic rays that nobody noticed and then landed on Peter, bites him, and that's the last thing he does before the spider dies. And that's, like, that's literally Jeez. what the final says. And Peter's looking at the spider, and it's like, why is the spider glowing? Why is this bite hurt so much and he's like oh the energy i feel going through my body what is this <laughs> and then he's he's going outside freaking out like what's going on with me and a car comes and he leaps out of the way he's like how was i able to leap so far he's like i'm scaling this wall so naturally it's as easy as walking <laughs> i mean it was just so cheesy yeah. but but at the same time like i had i had a smile on my face as i was reading i'm like you, this you is can't help but this is like the story that like, you know, started off, started on the movies and everything. And, and so it's, it's slightly different than I remembered it being because he does go and, um, like, what should I do with these powers? And he's, he's walking and those, they have the whole wrestler fighting scene. Like you do in like the first Spider-Man movie that you see, and he can win a hundred dollars if he can last three minutes. So he makes a, a fake costume that looks nothing like a spider has nothing to do with it. And he, he like picks the guy up and jumps on top of a wall with him. The guy's like freaking out. He's like, please let me down. You get your money. And then the guy, uh, the promoter of the event is like, Hey, we can make a bunch of money, but we needed, and I like the whole costume idea. Keep that going. So then Peter makes the Spider-Man costume that we all know and love. Right. And then he's just like on TV for a while. Just, uh, Oh, sorry. Before that, he makes the webs. Right. Right. Um, but then he just goes on TV and he's just shooting webs at things and he just gets super popular by being like a kind of TV star. That's crazy. Yeah. And I didn't remember that at all. No, me neither. And then it goes back to the traditional things where he honestly becomes a little bit of a dick and full of himself because fame's kind of going to him. And then yeah. the, there's like the whole robber scene that why he's at work and he just lets him go. And then the cop's like, why didn't you stop him? You could have st- just tripped him and we could have caught him. And he's like, from now on. I only look over myself number one or something like that. Oh, it's just like, my God. And then, uh, big first britches there. huh? Yeah. And then later on, this guy kills uncle Ben and then he gets Peter Parker. Spider-Man gets super angry. And the cop tells him, he's like, don't worry. We got to core him down in this warehouse. And he goes to that warehouse and he starts beating him up and then realizes it's the same guy. And he ties him up and makes the, you know, leaves him out for the police. Yeah, classic stuff. Classic stuff. Classic yeah. stuff. Also, they have misquoted Uncle Ben in most of the movies because we all we all know the classic line: "With great power comes great responsibility." But it's slightly different. I mean, it still means the same for the most part. But technically, it goes: "With great power, there must also come great responsibility." Yeah, get it right, people. 
What's wrong with everybody? They didn't even say that in that comic. No? No, that didn't come up whatsoever. I wonder which one they say it in there. I'm sure they have other comics that go back to the origin and he says it. But on the first issue of Spider-Man, where we get the origin story, it's not sad. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Look at that. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like we can go on and on about Spider-Man, but... You know, I just want to like throw my two cents in. I feel like Spider-Man to me, I know I go on and on about Batman being my favorite character, and he is. I'm not changing that. But Spider-Man was a huge part of me getting into comics growing up. Like I remember the cartoon. Most of the comic books I started collecting at first were all Spider-Man comic books. Um, and I do think that Stanley was right on the right on the nail with this because it was he's a more relatable character, especially when you're younger. Like this this guy's in school. And he's not like just perfect, right? Like he wasn't good at sports. He was he was book smart, but that's all he had going with for him. He wasn't good with the girls or anything like that. Yeah. It was just this very relatable character. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I remember when his his first movie came out. That was like to me that was amazing. That was literally all I talked about when Spider Man One came out. Yeah. And uh, I literally I remember the previous four. I was all excited for. I couldn't wait, and I, I knew the day it came out. And the day it came out came out on Friday, as movies do. And I uh, I remember I had to go to school, and I went up to my mom, and I was like, "Mom, mom, I'm leaving for school." I'm like, "Don't forget to get tickets for Spider Man." And then I left. I come home later. My mom's like, "I didn't know we were gonna go see Spider Man today." And then she like pulls out the tickets. Nice. She's like, "But I got the tickets." And I just remember so clearly, like, my mom felt like I tricked her into it. But, like, in my head, the fact that we wouldn't be going the day it came out didn't even come across. Like, obviously, we're going to go see Spider-Man when yeah, it comes out. That's great, man. No, I mean, so, I, uh, you know, I've mentioned before that I got into comic books later in life than you did. Like, you haven't read comic books since you were a kid. When I was a kid, like, I wasn't really surrounded by that. So... I know your older brothers kind of read comic yeah. books and things like that. Like I wasn't surrounded by those things in the neighborhood I grew up in. It wasn't like there was a comic book store nearby or anything like that. And this was, I got all mine from the library. Yeah. This was before the time of like where you could just go online and get something like that. Right. So I, I, I wasn't really into comic books growing up, but I do remember the first Spider-Man movie and I do, you know, remember watching it and being like, man, you know, it, it is just like this nerdy and I wasn't in high school at the time yet, but you know, you don't have to be in high school to know what bullying is like and things like that. And it was just like this nerdy kid who was bullied and and made fun of. And then all of a sudden he literally woke up one day with this incredible power where he could pretty much do anything he wanted. But like he, he had to learn that like, he can't just do that. Like he still, went to school every day and put on the glasses and played the nerd role and had to make sure that like he was keeping a secret identity and all that stuff. And it was, yeah, man. I mean, it was inspiring. It, it, it made kids feel like I could be strong too. And Stanley's mentioned before that, you know, Spider-Man was at the time, one of the only characters where his costume covered his entire body even all of his face, right? A lot of the superheroes, you can still see their chin or their nose or whatever. You can see parts of their skin, their faces. You kind of knew what color they were. You kind of knew they were just, you know, white guys underneath it. But Spider-Man, I mean, we saw Peter Parker, but when he had on the suit, he could be anybody. Any kid could kind of envision themselves 
underneath that Spider-Man mask because you didn't see a color. You just saw the red and blue of the costume. And I, I think that, that, that did help inspire and help a lot of kids get through things that they might have really been struggling with, like bullying and things like that. So, man, yeah, it just... What a what a what a legend, man! What a <laughs> fucking legend, Jesus. Um, <laughs> so I read Iron Man. Okay. Um, and I gotta say, it was uh, like Iron Man. The movie was pretty dead on with that comic book. I mean, it wasn't going over to um, the Middle East. It was going to Vietnam. No oh, real. Um, but it was the same thing, like. And so it started out his great weapon that he shows. So the great weapon in the movie that he shows in the beginning is like a rocket, right? This one's a really big magnet that could rip things apart was his big weapon. So stupid. Yeah. And then he doesn't, so it wasn't his own bomb that went off. He was in Vietnam and he, he hit a trip wire and got exploded and he got shrapnel all in his chest and mm. he had... The doctor said he had maybe three days to live before the shrapnel finally reached his heart. So they lied to him and been like, if you build us a weapon, we'll get you a surgeon. And he goes, like, oh, and he's like, you see the bullets, what are thinking? He's like, oh, they're lying to me, uh, but I must play my part. And so he's like, oh, of course, I'll make you a weapon. And then he just makes the Iron Man suit. And what's crazy, and you know, Spider-Man did this too. It was like right away, Spider-Man was like, or Peter Parker was like, I shall call myself Spider-Man right away before even Iron yeah, Man. Yeah, what, what was up with it? Like, first of all, like, what was up with these comic book characters, like, giving themselves <laughs> their own names? Like, and it was just so, like, so, like, forced. Like, you know what? I'm just, I'm Mr. Fantastic. Like, no, you're a douchebag. Fucking yeah. put your hand down, you idiot. Jesus. <laughs> Dude, but Tony Stark started calling it Iron Man before he even built the suit. Did he? Yeah. Oh, my god. wasn't gosh. even built yet. It was just kind of an idea he had. And he just started referring to it as I'll Iron build Man. build the Iron Man. Yes, like, exactly. <laughs> what I thought was kind of cool and different, and I need to read the next issue to figure it out, but he built the suit not to come off. Oh, really? The suit was built to keep him alive to prevent the shrapnel from reaching his heart, but it wasn't to come off. So he has hmm. this like weird moment where like it's finally built. And it's the same thing like in the movie where he gets a, another prisoner is there to be his assistant and his assistant like runs out and sacrifices himself because he come, they're coming in and it still needs time to boot up. And, like yeah, so that yeah. whole thing is all in the comic book too. Um, but he puts the suit on, it's booted up and he stands up and he talks about how like the suit was built to listen to his brain just like, his body he's like so just like i move my regular hands my brain tells my arm to move and my hands to move and so he's like having issues walking at first he's like it's like being a newborn learning to walk and he likes you see in panels of him like learning and then he has this like identity crisis for like a minute he's like i'm no longer just a man anymore the suit won't come off now i'm just this iron man and, <laughs> and i was like what's going on like your assistant just died and they're coming in why are you having this identity crisis right now he's like but i can't think about man. that now yeah. That's and then i'm pretty confident great. i'm not positive but i'm pretty sure he just straight up set a dude on fire yeah that sounds about right that because pretty accurate <laughs> he like it's like this guy was getting away but he had he didn't have enough power he had to recharge his suit to go chase him so he scored him with oil from the suit so literally just a panel of him going 
and oil just coming out of and squirting on the guy. Jeez. And then the next panel is him setting the oil on fire, but you don't see what happens after that. <laughs> he just set that dude on fire. I mean, he was a crime lord, so he had to come in. But I was like, my God, that's kind of violent for this comic book that's been pretty tamed up to this point. <laughs> I'm just the Iron Man. But I'm going to set some motherfuckers on fire. <laughs> and then the last panel is him just walking away into the forest. Okay. And then the comic ends. Just skipping along, huh? <laughs> Golly. That's... But I was saying before that both these comics happen to use the word Marvel at one point. Yeah, you did say that. I was like, this is a little bit too bit uh, yeah, too much too, on the too much on the nose. Yeah, yeah. So Stan Lee, um, once he became editor, I mean, he was basically editor in chief when he was like twenty years old, and he's he's the one who changed the name from, I think. So it went from Timely Comics to Atlas Comics, then to Marvel Comics. I'm pretty sure is the order it went in. So he changed it to Mar. He's the one who decided to change it to Marvel Comics. And that's, yeah, the name kind of stuck from yeah. there. And then, yeah, he served as editor-in-chief for, like, 30 years or something like that. Um, what's crazy is that, like, he technically, he doesn't own the rights to any of these characters. Like, he doesn't, I don't think he gets money from, like, the revenue that they produce. Like, I think he just makes money off of his own, like, original stuff. I mean, all of these characters, you know, he has a hand in creating, but the you know the company owns the rights to him he he doesn't yeah i know that's it's it's crazy and it's kind of sad but you know just looking it up real quick um his net worth is estimated to be 50 million dollars so he's not like doing terrible oh yeah no, no <laughs> like no, he's no comfortable yeah. or he was comfortable i mean he basically after he left marvel comics he basically just started like an empire like an entertainment empire like, his name basically became, like, an empire, right? He was like Stan Lee. Uh, you know, Stan Lee was one of the, one, if not the only comic book creator to be damn near just as popular as the characters he created, right? Like, right. you can't, like, there's some other big names in comic books. Like, obviously, the people who are alongside Stan Lee, like um, Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Bill, the guy who created Batman. Bob Kane. Bob Kane. Um, but people don't know Bob Kane like they know Stanley. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah, and that's the thing, right? So Batman is, again, arguably one of the most popular comic book characters in the world. But y- you could ask 10 people who created Batman, and I guarantee you they all, none of them would know the answer. But you ask people if they know who Stan Lee is, people are going to know who Stan Lee is just because, yeah, because his name and because obviously his his cameos helped, right? Right. All of his Marvel movie cameos, which have been great, man. I'm really going to miss them because I know they recorded a good chunk of them. I think, I hope he was in Venom, which I was surprised about. I wasn't expecting him right. to be in Venom. I'm hoping, I really do hope that he, we're going to see him in Avengers. It sucks that he doesn't, he won't get to see the final one, but I really hope that we'll get to see him in Avengers. If he's not in Captain Marvel, that's okay, but I really hope we get to see him in the next Avengers movie. I'd imagine we would. Like, why would they not just go ahead and film both of his scenes? 
they basically filmed these movies back to back, so it would make sense that they would just film his scenes back to back, right? Don't you think? Right, I would think so. Yeah. But who knows? Soon with the schedulings and all that other, you know, stuff, who knows when they actually do it. Do you think that they would fully CGI a Stanley? No. No. I feel like that'd be disrespectful. Huh. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, but yeah. Oh. Golly. Dude, if he's in the next Avengers, like the cause people already would like kind of cheer when Stanley's cameo would come up in these movies. Yeah. But if you're in the right audience and Stanley pops up on that screen, people are going to lose their shit. Like yeah. it's going to be an uh, just insane applause. People screaming, all that all that good stuff is going to going to go down. So yeah, man, Stanley and his cameos. You know, so Stanley, obviously he's he's really known for his work with Marvel, but he's actually done some things with DC too. Yeah. In the past, DC actually came to him once and was like, hey, you know, here's here's our holy trinity, you know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. And obviously they were well established at this point. And they were like, you know, we like to see what you would have done with these characters if you created them. So they basically just gave him the names of like Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman it was like, hey, can you show us what you would do if you created them? And you put your own spin on it. And he did that. So, and they were just one, one issue things. He didn't like create a whole run or a whole, you know, arc or anything like that. They were just kind of one-off issues that he did. But so he did Batman. His name was not Bruce Wayne. It was Wayne Williams. He was black. Um, He was still rich. He still wore a bat light costume. So, it was way more bat-like than Batman's costume. So Batman is like just dark and gray and he's got the little ears, but the ears vary in size and things like that. But like this Batman, like legit wore a mask that looked like a bat. His suit was like brown, like a bat. Um, so he's ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not, it was not the best looking Batman, but his father was killed, who was a police officer, and it, the same kind of story ensues, right? Like he he saw his father, his father was murdered. He decides like I'm gonna not let that shit happen again. Sounds so, like a Miles Morales. Yeah, he becomes Batman. But another big difference is that this version of Batman was a wrestler, huh? Which is also he also used Batman as as his persona in wrestling. Okay. Crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, then he did Superman. So same thing. So Superman, he, he was still a Kryptonian. He still did that. Uh, he was a member of the Kryptonian police force, though. Um, a, a criminal captured him, and his name was Salden? 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 Yeah. Super weird. But basically, a criminal captured him, took him to Earth. Um, when he arrived on the Earth, it was very primitive and things like that. So he just kind of just became Superman. So, yeah. But this was during, like, again, a more primitive time. So he was like, it was like man hadn't established, like, real civilization and, like, industrial things. Like, they were still living, like, 
cavemen. Yeah, basically. He became the head of a jungle tribe. That's weird. Yeah, super weird, right? I'm sorry, did he have Superman powers? Yeah, he was still a Kryptonian. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that's true. I think for the most part, he just, yeah, kept the same kind of Kryptonian powers. Just. I wonder if, like, the people of DC were like, you know what? Spins cool, but we're not going to continue with this. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, they ended to it. It was just supposed to be a one-time thing, but, yeah, I don't know. I would have liked to see him not change the characters, but write their stories. I I feel like he could have came up with some cool stories. Yeah. I think that would have been um, a lot cooler for him to do that than to just try to reinvent the characters because his realistically his reinventions weren't like right. the best yeah they were a little weird but i don't know he's he's like i mean they're only weird because we're just comparing them to the other ones though yeah like this should have been just cool characters they could have been weren't. yeah if he had just created them when we had no other like reference of batman or superman it'd have been like oh you know this this isn't <laughs> that bad it's it's actually it's actually pretty okay but no, nah, comparing them comparatively, it's pretty garbage. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, so he, he's done a number of things in the comic book community. You know, again, he, he paved the way for a lot of creators, a lot of artists. He he wrote stories that touched a lot of people, that inspired people, that, you know, his his whole thing was just... He just wanted people to see the good in other people. He wanted people to strive to do good, to do better, to to be a superhero in their own right. And all that meant was just trying to do the right thing. And just whether it was something as small as just, you know, being nice and holding the door open for someone all the way to something like, you know, actually super heroic, like saving a life. But, yeah, man, I mean, I, I would really... If anybody, like, you know, enjoys comic books and stuff like that, I would really suggest just going and watching some of Stanley's interviews, man. Like, he's just, he he just comes off as such a great guy, such yeah. great energy, just, and, yeah, you could tell he was really passionate about what he did, which is just always great. That's 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 how all the greats are, right? They're, they're passionate about what they do, and they truly love what they do. Even if it wasn't always the path that they set out to be on, the they love it. And so it's just, yeah, man, fucking Stan. <laughs> Good old Stan. Oh, you got anything else? Nah, I think that's, that's all I got. So who's your favorite Stan creation? Spider-Man? I mean, Spider-Man, yeah. Spider-Man? That's fair. It's hard not to choose Spider-Man. What about you? Um... Man, he's done so many. I feel like it's Black Panther. Yeah, probably. I mean, I like I like Spider Man, but I was never the like the hugest Spider Man fan. Like again, it's cool, but I didn't grow up reading Spider Man. But yeah, it would probably be Black Panther. I I like Black Panther a lot. And that and that was another thing Stanley did. He he really paved the way for like, you know, he he tackled like harder issues like social injustices and and things like that by bringing to life you know one of the first african-american superheroes to have their own comic book series a teenage superhero who who's not just some 
rich, spoiled guy or some guy with crazy superpowers and super strength and that's an alien from another world. Just a normal teenage boy who had these powers. Just, you know, and then on the flip side, creating a black superhero who who didn't come from poverty, who didn't come from, you know, the ghetto or the hood or didn't grow up on the streets or with bad parenting or a broken household. Like he fucking flipped that shit on his head and was just like, no, he's going to be the king of the most advanced nation on the planet that nobody knows about. (laughs) Like what? Like fucking a like, okay. Like, (laughs) like, yeah, let's do that shit. That works out perfectly. Yeah, man. So good stuff. Good stuff. Do you have any Marvel characters that Stanley did not create? Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a so there's Captain America. Few, yeah, he didn't create Captain Which I, America. It's probably the biggest one. I didn't even realize that until today. Yeah, no, he didn't create Captain America. He's a huge fan of Captain America, and he, he's <laughs> wrote some Captain America stories, but he didn't create them. Yeah, Captain America b- would be a big one as well as. I must say Deadpool. Uh, I didn't look that up, but I feel fairly confident. He yeah, no, he Deadpool. definitely didn't create Deadpool. Not even close. It was created like way after he had kind of, you know, really stopped writing. Because Deadpool is a much later character than a lot of the other Marvel right. characters. So, yeah, Deadpool would be a good choice. Let me think. I don't know, man. A lot of my faves he created, like Black Panther, Thor, Daredevil. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a good question, dude. Did he make Wolverine? I don't know if he did or not. He he had a lot to do with the creation of the X Men, which right, Wolverine, Wolverine was, started in Hulk, which he true. also did make. But I don't know if he made that issue. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he didn't create Wolverine. I don't know. Give it give it a give it a look up. Give it a googs. I know I gotta keep talking while this is. This is actually way more difficult than people would assume. To just try to make something up while your co-host is looking stuff up, and you're just like waiting for him to hurry up and do it. But sometimes research takes a little longer than you may plan. Oh, I would say probably some of the Guardians of the Galaxy characters. He didn't create the Guardians of the Galaxy, so maybe one of them. I'd say. He did not create Wolverine. No? <laughs> no. Oh, wow. Nice. So what members of the X-Men did he create, I wonder? I mean, the original ones. So so Professor Xavier. Professor Xavier, Magneto. Magneto. Uh, Jean Grey, which went as Ms. Marvel, Marvel Girl, something like that. Uh, Iceman, Beast, Angel. Yeah. Hmm. I, believe those, I believe those were the only originals. Oh, wow. Okay. I have to assume there's a good chunk of X Men he didn't create because there's a crazy ton of Yeah, X-Men there's a characters. shit ton of X Men, like an unfathomable amount of X Men there are. So yeah, I'm sure he didn't create all of them. But yeah, man, like yeah, he Did he create Guardians of the Galaxy at all? No. Yeah. No, it was it was like kinda after his time. Um, he, he might've still been around when the original guardians of the galaxy team was created, but I'm pretty sure he didn't have anything to do with it. So yeah, I doubt it. 
yeah, man, I'm just going through like my my comicsology right now, and it's all pretty much characters he created. I mean, it's, I got a few Wolverine things, Hawkeye maybe. Um, but yeah, most of them are his are his creations. So, Hawkeye was created by Stanley. Oh well, there you go. What about Black Widow? Hold on, this is the last one we're gonna look up, and then all we're right. gonna stop doing this. All right, so he's looking up Black Widow right now to see if Black Widow was also created by Stanley. Yeah, I mean it was a team of people, but Stanley was on that team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stan the man. Stan, the man Lee. May he rest in peace. You're um, I don't know, man. Say some inspiring words, I guess. Go ahead. <laughs> you can't just be like, "Hey, say inspiring words." <laughs> um. No, I mean, all I want to say is, you know, thanks for everything you've done. I mean, you've literally changed people's lives. You've provided me personally with entertainment for years and years, and I believe years to come. You're the reason we've made this podcast. True. Um, yeah, so thanks for everything. Thanks, Stan. Uh, I think that's that's it, man. Yeah, we just, nothing too crazy for this episode. Like I said, we both hold, heard the news. It kind of affected us both, and we just... We wanted to get out there. We wanted to put something out there. We just wanted to talk about it. Um, you realize what we're sh- missing. You know, it just hit me. What's that? We have no close call for this episode. We don't. Was Stan the man Lee actually the man? Yes. <laughs> yes, Boom. <he> was. Done. <laughs> no close call there. He was the man. He was the legend. That's it. That's all there is to it. But no, yeah, we just... This this episode realistically wasn't that thought out. Like he, his death just happened like yesterday or two days ago. So I mean, we just kind of we wanted to put something out. We wanted to talk about it. We wanted to share our stories and you know give you guys a little bit more background on it. I'm sure there's a ton of facts about him that we're missing. Like again, he lived to 95. Like he lived a long fucking life. So I'm I'm sure there's a lot of stuff we missed out on, but we we hit on some of the major things and talked about them. But if there's anything you guys want to share with us about Stan Lee or any impact he had on your life, where can they reach us, Sean? I think it was just at CloseCausePod at gmail.com, at Twitter, at Facebook, and on Instagram. Boom. I feel like we should just add this to our outro instead of saying this at every episode. No, we got to say it every time. We got to keep it fresh, keep it new. Keep it funky. Nah, I'm going to do a pre-recording. Nah, nah, gonna, nah. I'm going to erase it. <laughs> Never going to work. Also, that you means know, I, I like thing. Free, usually freeze for a second, too. I'm like, how can they reach us? How can, wait, how do what we do, do we name it? <laughs> nope. Every time. We got to do it every time. Like, no, I'm expected. I remember the first few times. I was like, time. um. <laughs> I get that because I got to do the intro every time. And sometimes I'm like, um. We're going to change it up. I feel like I could do it. What are we doing? Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Capes, Cows, and Close Calls. My name is Sean. With me is always my co-host, Nick Williams. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I'm going to do it next time. I feel like I really got it down. There wasn't that much to it. You got to come up with a weird middle nickname for me, though. So think about that. Nick Marvel Expert. Nah, that doesn't work. I'll think about it. Anyway. Next hopefully, episode. Get hopefully ready for we're it. able to bring the Marvel and the DC, you know, fanboys together on this one. Because again, it, it, Stan Lee was a legend in the industry, not just in Marvel comics. Like he was a legend altogether. So he had an impact on both, on all 
comic book companies marvel dc image timely atlas whatever 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 like he, he affected all of them so thanks for listening to this episode guys we will talk to you next time bye, bye.